Works, the Alfredo's podcast, official podcast of digital and creating media works, where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. There's a lot of energy in that opening, David. Yeah, I'm bringing the heat today. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Hungry Jacks, the burgers are better. The burgers are oh, better. Oh shit, that's actually Jacks. little. You, did you even say your name or if we already Oh, hi, I'm Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just say the burgers are better at Hungry Jacks. Mm. And I don't disagree. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Oh, I, no, I think they are better as well. Oh, we got our boy, that Adley, in the chat. What's up, Adam? How's it hey, going, fam? Hey, hey, Adam. So, this week's episode is going to be something a little bit different. We're currently making fun of all things horror. <laughs> so, I thought this week we would talk about the horror <laughs> of Assassin's Creed Odyssey's quest. <laughs> yeah. The horror of Assassin's Creed's microtransactions. So, let's talk about it now. Um... So, I've been playing this game for about, like, 10, 20, 20 hours now. Like, I've been doing, like, about an hour a night. I haven't been playing this game, because mm. I, don't, I don't buy video games. <laughs> I got, yeah. It's, it's been interesting to me going through it as, like, so Origins I really liked. When we talked about yeah. Assassin's Creed last time, we played both played a bit of it, and we yeah. were talking about, like, the way that that game, like, re- it basically was The Witcher 3, like, gameplay structure-wise, and it redefined the way that the series was going to be moving forward. Yeah. And this is just more of the same. But with one, like, crucial difference, so previously with the other Assassin's Creed, before we get into a summary, I just wanted to, like, give you guys a bit of background on the series if you don't know too much about them. The other games all had the very, uh, a very similar quest structure, where it was, like, um, something bad happens to your character when they're young, they become an assassin, they hunt down Templars, whether it's for revenge or for whatever, they hunt down Templars, and then at the end of the game, they have some realization about like templars and assassins and stuff like that yeah there's some big overarching narrative that they get rid of in like the sixth game and then they just keep doing it anyway yeah they've <laughs> they've gotten a bit better at that where it's less obtrusive but it's kind of still it's somehow less obtrusive but yet more interesting i don't know it's weird which i'll talk about in a yeah. minute um so before we get into the summary assassin's creed odyssey is an open world adventure game published by ubisoft quebec and uh sorry developed by ubisoft quebec and published by ubisoft set in the year uh, 431 BCE, the plot tells of a f- tells the fictional history of the Peloponnesian War between Athens and Sparta. So it's very, like, uh, Zack Snyder's 300 aesthetically. Yes. Um, it has a lot of that vibe to it. Uh, it's made by the same guys that did Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which is Ubisoft Quebec. And you can tell. You can tell because there's, boat shows, and naval there's combat boats and in it. It's basically the same game yeah. for a lot of it, um, but with some key differences, which we'll get into before we do that. Like being about 1,500 years earlier. More than that. Also, less guns. Yeah. Because guns didn't exist. Yeah. Um, let's get into the summary, and then uh, I need to, I'll probably need to take a breather. Cause it's, it's like 2,000 a- years earlier. 2,300 years earlier. About 2,500 years earlier. 300. No, definitely 300. Good. We, are you done with the math? Because yeah, it's not like that hurt your brain earlier. or something. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting that one. I was waiting for you to be like, error, error, cannot calculate. No, I'm totally wrong. It's more like 2,000. We're just going to move into the summary before Ben has a, has a hernia. Like, 1700s is like pirates. In present day, Layla Hassan, the protagonist of AC Origins, recovers the spear of Leonidas and extracts the DNA of two individuals from it, Cassandra and Alexios, two siblings. Layla then picks a sibling. And they, Wait, the- Alexios? Yeah. As in, like, 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 Ezio? <laughs> like, well, a like, weird portmanteau of, like, it's not, it's, six it's- different Assassin's Creed <laughs> names? It's Alex, but with I-O-U-S on the end. Alexios. Alexios. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a very Greek name. Layla picks a sibling uh, who becomes the player character, the mercenary or the Mystios, and uses the Animus in an attempt to find the location of the Staff of Hermes. The Mystios starts as a young Spartan child, raised by parents Nikolaus and Marine, and inherits the spear from Marine as one of Leonidas' descendants. Though, dur- though during a great prophecy telling, 
the character the Mysterious is cast aside after you try to stop your sibling's execution at the orders of the Oracle. The player is then dropped off a cliff during this exchange. Wow, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> you survive, well, it was because it was like based in history is what they did, some yeah. fucked up shit. You survive ending up on the backwater island of Kefalonia, where you are raised by Marcos, a devious but kind businessman. The game itself starts in Marcos's dealings with a criminal leader, the Cyclops, and draws you into dealing in his affairs, and in the course of helping Marcos pay for his vineyard, you meet a mysterious man named Elpinor, who reveals he sees a great future for you. Elpinor then tasks you with killing the wolf of Sparta, Nikolaus, your father. After which, you meet up with Elpinor, who reveals that he knew all along that you were adopted, and that your father is alive, and perhaps your real father's alive too, but in fact, Elpinor reveals he has been lying the whole time. What's true? What isn't? Thus the beginning of your odyssey, traversing Greece with your crew of sailors in pursuit of the truth, and the more you travel, the more you become a legend, and in time, perhaps, the more you learn what it means to wield the heritage of your father and the spear of Leonidas. Right. And that's kind of the game. I don't want to spoil the actual plot, but that's like the way that the game sets itself up. And then, yeah. it, unlike Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag structurally, this game literally, like, where Black Flag was very non-linear in that, like, the further out you got, the more dangerous it was. This game literally, like, you kind of start on this odyssey and then it branches out and you can go to, like, kind of different directions. Right. Like, the map is even very much more linear, which I think serves the story pretty well. Um, but also, it it's it's one of the first Assassin's Creed games, like, where the quests aren't great. <laughs> like, typically they've been pretty pretty okay with it, where it's, like, you have, like, one or two ongoing quests. Yeah. Well, I mean, so my experience with, like, Assassin's Creed is mostly the earlier games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, two, four, Unity. Well, four of- and this are pretty similar, where, like, you go along and as you travel through areas, you pick up different quests and they just get added to your log or whatever. Yeah. Like, typical RPG stuff. But in the previous games, it used to- it was, like, a discrete task, so it'd be, like, um- Do this. Go here, do this. Yeah. Whereas this game- much Grab more f- a Ubisoft waypoint. Yeah, this yeah. follows much more in uh, The Witcher 3's footsteps and then Origin's footsteps as a result, where, like, quests are much more, like, a series of tasks and stuff. And this game even has a mode at the start where- you choose to what extent you want to be guided. So I chose the exploration one where, like, you don't really get quest markers. Right. It just says, this person should Down be on the, the hill, eastern the island of the... Thing. Yeah, yeah, they give you directions. And then if you go and talk to players in the world, you can narrow down your search by getting right. more information. So it's like it's like a lot more role-playing. Yeah. Um, which I don't... The Witcher didn't do that as much, I don't remember. Well, The Witcher is like, if you turn the map off in The Witcher... It, you realize that they they kind of do do it. It's just it's, it's very just you don't notice it. Very easy to just rely on the map. I suppose I, it's it's more Zelda than like Breath of the Wild yeah. kind of thing. There was a there was an article about Red Dead Redemption too. I don't know if you mentioned this to me, but where I saw the headline for it, we talked about this in our post show last week. Yeah, where they were talking about how like oh you know if you turn the map off in Red Dead Two, the NPCs give you like more direction, like more directions about like where to go. Which is a lie. It's, it's not. Just, it's not how it works. They they give you the directions anyway. It's just when you have you, the map, you notice you're just able to just blank yeah. it out and be like, yeah, whatever, go down to this place, and you're like, I'll just follow the waypoints anyway. It's just when you don't have a map, you're up, you're like, you're you notice like, okay, to pay attention. where do I have to go? Exactly. And it's the same thing like The Witcher, where it's you, yeah. you can you can play most it's, of the game without it's a focal being told. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And that that was why like turning off the mini map in Zelda was so interesting, is because oh that God, gave yeah. you. And this game has a similar waypoint system where like with the eagle creature that is kind of your drone thing from Watch Dogs too. Um, God damn it, they still have the fucking... It, it works way better than it used to, because now that there aren't map markers, if you play in that mode, right. it feels like... It basically feels like Zelda's telescope. Yeah. Where okay. you pop it up and you're like, what's that landmark I'm Zelda's looking for? Zelda's telescope? Uh, uh, what is it? The You know, the, the thing in yeah, but like, Breath of the not, Wild? It's not Zelda's, it's Link's. Link's. I know a bad video game. <laughs> Zelda's the game. Zelda's the game, Link yeah, is the Zelda's character. Zelda's the game. Did I just do the world's most, like, 
did like the like fake old man gamer. faux pas, did, like the ah. fake game. He called it a don't don't at I, me. I like <laughs> <laughs> don't at me, bro. I like, I like the Bibio games. <laughs> I too play games. Mm. Uh, so one of the biggest criticisms of the game is that after about five hours, the story like grinds to a halt as you have to kind of do a bunch of quests to get high enough level to like kill different things. Um, and I was I was playing on the second hardest difficulty and. I could kind of I saw the edges of that, but it never like stopped me from getting through an area. I just got I just got better. Like well, it, this game has a this game's taken a lot of flack recently because of the microtransactions in it. I kind of joked about it earlier, the horrors of this game's microtransactions. Yeah. But there there's been a lot of criticism around how the game is quite grindy I compared to the previous ones, and then they put in. The, the microtransactions, the microtransactions which let you skip it, the grind. That's why I think it's a problem. Because it, it, no, one, no one looks at Dark Souls and says one of the biggest flaws of Dark Souls is that you have to play it too much to get further, right? Yeah. But if, if they had a microtransaction option where it was like, oh, you're stuck on, on the, the dragon ride of boss fight, just pay 10 quid and you get a high enough level to kill it. Then that would be a whole different story. This game's yeah. microtransactions do work like that. But if you're not good at the game, you st- it still isn't going to help you get through those fights. Yeah. Like I don't know, I get where the, I get where people are coming from, but well, I mean, we had you know the the Shadow of War debacle where like this the sort of true ending of that game, like the final act is nearly impossible to achieve without it's just mental without paying up and I, well, they they, yeah. they they did fix that. Yeah, well, because um, I I came back to that game after they patched after it they and patched finished it, it yeah. and it's a really good ending. Yeah, like it's actually one of my favorite video game endings. You become like a fucking proper ring wraith. It's fucking yeah. dope. Like you become like an evil motherfucker in that game. And it works really well. But at the time, they, they had erected this thing where they were like, oh, it doesn't matter. People will get there. People love our game enough. But that, They'll but, grind it out. It's like, nah. But that doesn't make sense <laughs> if you want people to play the game and have, like... The assumption then is that the gameplay is so fun that people are going to want to do it forever. Yeah. And no one wants to do the same thing forever. No. So it doesn't matter how good your game is. And I, I think, the, the for me, when it was really noticeable that this, this kind of becomes an issue, isn't in the first hours of the game. It's kind of where I'm up to now where... When you're properly on your Odyssey and you're, like, in this ship, like, what the game wants you to feel like is that you get into this boat and you sail through these Grecian islands and you go on these adventures and you're, like, this mercenary with this crew and you're in pursuit of, like, who are my parents, who is my family? And it's, like, this kind of grandiose adventure. And that's what it feels like. But every time you get to a new part of the ocean, all the ships are, like, five levels higher than you. And you're, like, great, now I have to dock and do all the quests on this island to progress. Right, yeah. And it doesn't feel natural in the way that Assassin's Creed 4 did where... You'd be like, oh, that's an island. I'll see what's there. And you stop there and then you start a quest and then you're, you end up over here and then you end up over here. Like, if it was very much more like a naturalized system. Yeah. And if they didn't some- have barriers. And if, and if something was like super high level, you'd just avoid it. And you'd, you'd run away. But yeah, you can't you'd really- generally be fine. It wasn't just like a wall of high level enemies. It was but, just yeah. like one that you're like, I'm just going to avoid well, you. And, and they had, because they have, um, they have that in AC Odyssey where they've taken that, they've re brought that concept back in of mm. like, uh, I think they were called lieutenants in, or they, they were like philakes in Assassin's Creed Origins, which are like bounty hunters or whatever. Right. But AC um, Odyssey basically does the same thing, but uses the shadow, like the nemesis system from Shadow of War. <laughs> so they have these lieutenants. <laughs> there um, it is. We found it, guys. You can stop. Not... You can stop commenting on that one video of ours. <laughs> it's St- back. Still don't at me. <laughs> um, and basically, wherein like the more people you kill, the higher level people that chase you down. Um, whereas Odyssey implements this in a really weird, like, combination of, like, GTA 5's wanted level and nem- the Nemesis system, where, right. like, the more murders you do, not, like, in a row, but just, like, in general, the more high-level mercenaries hunt you down across the map. But when I say across the map, I mean, like, literally, they'll just, like, like run to you across the map. 
just barrel their way like, across. It's not. I'm like, it's not. They just <laughs> they, they they run at you. They don't like walk. Like in AC Origins, it was really cool because they would kind of traverse the landscape on like a horse and come find you. But if yeah. they don't have a horse in Odyssey, they just literally run to, till they find you. <laughs> and it's really weird. <laughs> And it felt like a relic of, like, them wanting to put a limit on, like, how much... Because in this game, in a normal Assassin's Creed game, there's good guys and bad guys. Yeah. In this one, like, you can help out the Grecians or the Athenians, but, like, you can kill anyone anytime. Which is, like, really fun and interesting for an Assassin's Creed game. Because that's, like, The Witcher works like that. You put your sword, you start swinging. Yeah. Chop up some bitches. Whereas this game does the same thing, but they were like, ah, well, we don't really have, like, a bounty system, so let's, like, slap one on there. And they just run across the landscape to find you. It's so fucking weird, dude. Like, I want you to imagine in your head, like, a, a Ubisoft level animated, beautifully animated dude running at you. Yeah. But, like, but just from the from top of a hill, like, away. across a valley. Yeah. And you, like, watch him. Like, you, you got just, your eagles you in there and you watch him yeah. run to you. It's fucking funny, dude. It's like that scene from um, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail where he's, like, running towards the. um. <laughs> And he tells the castle that's like, yeah. and then he just keeps going. Like, and then exactly. and, ah yeah, this is what I'm imagining. <laughs> it's very funny, dude. Uh, but that that like brings me back to like this issue the game has, like that isn't really something that Assassin's Creed has had before, because previously, like they were very gamey, where it was like you pick up the game and it's like you're playing a video game, mm. like AC. Well, I mean, you know, like AC one, two, three, four. Or, like, before Unity, <laughs> like, they were like, oh, you know, you get in the Animus and you plug into your old stuff and you're like, you're like, it's a video game. And then, like, in Unity, it was just like, it's a video game. You're like, it's, I guess it's a video game. Yeah. You're like, is it, though? <laughs> yeah. I like, and- I like the premise of AC4, though, where they were like, you're doing research for a video game. By playing these memories. So AC f- is AC4 the one where, like... That's where you work at Ubisoft. Abstergo is Ubisoft, Sorry, that's basically. where you work at Abstergo. Yeah, yeah and it's just Ubisoft. Yeah, and you just What's do Unity, the- then? Unity is where you... Unity is the one where you never see your player character. It's all in cutscenes. Yeah. And the and Origins is, like, where she's, like, a researcher. In Egypt. In Egypt. And that's and the same... And you have, like, a, you have like a yeah. pop-up animus. And that's, that's the same character... That's what they're that, doing. Yeah, yeah, that's the same character that you play as in this one, as right. well. Yeah. And it works actually really well, because it's, it's, it's flavor... To the context of the world, it's not a, a mean and, and unto an end. Like yeah. like it was with Desmond, where it was like, here's the story, whether you like it or not. This one, it's like, <laughs> if you want to, you can duck out of the Animus and check out what's up with Layla. And she's got re- like a really interesting story, and she's a really well-written character. Man, so what, it works well. Sucks to be the writers for that character. They yeah. put all this heart and soul in the character Nobody that most people actively him. avoid. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is that this game really suffers from like a looping issue. Um and to explain this in, like, the most broad sense, I want to touch on, like, one of the most basic um, theories in psychology, which is Vroom's expectancy theory. Um, and his theory is more of, like, a meditation on, like, psychology and experimentation than, than like, a practical thing. But you'll see what I mean the minute that I get to the point. You'll be like, right. oh, video games always, yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, the idea is that if the participants in a study can predict what they believe the test is trying to show, they're more likely to exhibit behaviors that they perceive are, like, expected or correct. So, like, if you kind of, if, if someone's doing a test and you go, oh, they're looking to see for this, yeah. you tend to either do the thing they want or do the opposite. Or, like, actively don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he puts this into an equation eventually, which is motivational force equals expectancy versus instrumentality versus valence. So, motivational force equals expectancy versus, oh, sorry, times instrumentality I was say times verse valence. isn't part of it. I knew what I meant. <laughs> where an equation. Ex- where expectancy so, is. Betting the- odds. <laughs> David has not done maths in a long time. Uh, expectancy, which is the belief that one's efforts will result in the attainment of desired performance goals, sure. i.e. if I work hard, I'll get a good job. 
Instrumentality is the belief that one will receive a reward if performance expectation is met, i.e. if I work hard at my job, my boss will give me a raise. Yes. Um, valence is about the value one puts on the reward of an outcome, i.e. I don't really care about money, so I don't care that my boss gave me a raise. I really wanted more time off right. to spend with my kids or whatever. Okay. So it's about like what you expect, the, the, the expectancy of the outcome. So like, will the outcome be what I thought it was? The instrumentality is if I do the thing and know what the outcome is, will I get it? And then the valence is the value you put on that outcome. No, hey, video games. Yeah. So, Bruce <laughs> Theory is, is a big underpinning of why video game quest design works and comes into H Bomber Guy's idea of play conditioning. Um, basically, it's like it's what makes every time you play a game slightly different and why everyone has different emotional experiences with different <coughs> games because of that valence thing. So, yeah. what you care about um, in the way that outcomes like happen is why everyone has like different experiences. So, like Odyssey suffers from this in a big fucking way. Um, so as an example, I play games for story. So my valence value is very different than someone who likes high octane multiplayer action or like they're yeah. like a, a social aspect of like a, a massively multiplayer game. So the valence why they go into the game is different. So one of the biggest problems with Odyssey, and I think why so many people fucking panned it critically, is the valence for an Assassin's Creed game is you play through the story, it's kind of a crazy romp, you do some cool stuff in history, you end <clears throat> the game. Yeah, and and it's like, you know, you do I think there is an element of like at least in the earlier games of like it's a stealth game that very quickly disappeared but it, it's they kind of brought it back in unity it works really well in the new games yeah know? but like there was there was definitely like an expectation of just like oh it's yeah they got rid of that for a long time didn't they yeah for a while it was very much just like it's just an action game ac4 guys. didn't really have stealth at all no not at all yeah it had some stealthier sections but... you could you could hide in a brush but like you know who gives a shit but yeah i think that was that's definitely another part of it as well like, yeah especially like assassin's creed one that was like such a technical advancement with like the climbing and like the crowd simulation. Like yeah. I remember being like really enthralled with like, oh, you can climb any building and you can hide in crowds right. and it's really cool and there's all this cool yeah. assassiny stuff so you cool. can do. Yeah. And then like that game was pretty shit. Right. But then AC2 was like, whoa, we can do it better. Yeah. Everything up till, and then AC4 was like that pinnacle of like, whoa, the, Ubisoft yeah. are doing new cool stuff. And Ubisoft Quebec was like, look at this thing we made, guys. Isn't it cool? And everyone was like, dude. Ships. Everyone was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. And then you, Assassin's Creed Unity was like, let's reset the formula, go back to our roots. The launch was bad. We talked about this so many times, but yeah. that game is almost flawless oh, in its yeah. gameplay it's, and execution. It's, yeah. it's everything that everything that you remember AC1 being in a video game. And it's probably the best. Uh, it's the best core Assassin's Creed experience. And it's like I the believe. best uh, best uh, location, time period, oh, in my opinion. fuck, think, dude. Yeah, French Revolution. And the, the crowd well, simulation and the gameplay and the, the co-op in that game is phenomenal. Makes the most sense. It, it is, it is, the, it, it, that is exactly, it's the most, it's the <laughs> Assassin's Creed game that makes the most sense yeah. as an Assassin's Creed story, setting, place, time, gameplay, everything. Yeah. And it's just a shame that it launched poorly. But going back to an Alec, I've been replaying games that I hated when they launched because of the performance. Yeah. So I recently finished replaying Arkham Knight. Still holds up. Really good. Going to play AC Unity this week. Probably, well, before Red Dead comes out or before Dead Devil comes out. But like, I'm excited for it. Because yeah. I remember that game being phenomenal. I'm excited to do more like co-op because I... Well, if you want it, because I've got it. We should do some co-op. Laura's got it. We can do co-op. We should do a co-op. We did yeah. co-op a while back and we enjoyed it. Yeah, it's so great. Um, for more co-op. We might put some of that up on the Patreon maybe if I record it. Don't know. Um, but that could be really fun. I really, I really like that that co-op of that game but yeah, one of the it. things that odyssey or i guess like that they sacrificed in pursuit of what i thought was weird is that ac unity was a game with co-op and then ac syndicate was a game where you play as two people that didn't have any co-op and then i was always like you guys put the thing in the story to have another person join you well, well when did bioshock infinite come out um that was just was before that... syndicate yeah so that's why 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. They probably had co-op for a while. And they, they were like, like wait a minute, no, we just have to get rid of it. Rid the of the it. other character just has to be like a surrogate for the story. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's a good point. Uh, yes, yeah, so like, I, to me, like, that expectancy stuff is like why people feel so betrayed by this game as an AC, like, entry. Because the quest structure and, like, the expectancy stuff just doesn't line up at all. But for me, it works really well because the feeling of being on this odyssey that's kind of a harrowing adventure is definitely there. But then that touches on this other issue the game has, which is, um, we were talking about it before we started recording with this idea of qualia and the problem yeah. of, like, psychic distance. Um, so in a nutshell, qualia is the philosophical idea that mental states like perception, sensation, thoughts, and emotion all have a subjective element to them. Um, or in, like, more human words, that every instance of an experience is unique. Yeah. Um, take a section of Dark Souls when you play it, right? No matter how precisely you copy someone else's movements, you almost never have the exact same experience. Yeah. You can get really close, but it's not the same It's not the same experience of the action at the time. You can't replicate that. When you do a thing, it is yours entirely, and your perception of it is yours entirely. Um, and Daniel Dennett is famous for saying on Qualia, he says, quote, an unfamiliar term for something that could not be more familiar to each of us, the way things seem to us, end quote. And from a game design and like storytelling lens, it means that every time someone consumes something you've made, they experience it differently. Yeah. And everyone who's ex- consuming it is having a different experience, um, which sounds really obvious until you start to think about what games and interactive media do differently than like a film. Because like a film, the difference in the way that you consume it is usually kind of minute. It's usually because of you as well. Like yeah, it's, it's not it's, the game. Yeah, it's well the film. It's very much a case of just it's a it, the film exists within a bubble and then it comes at you from a certain point of your life and yeah. a certain age and a certain time and a certain environment. But you can put two, like the, the, you put the two of us in the same room and we both watch eighth grade at we're this gonna, point in our lives. We're gonna have different experiences, but they were similar experiences like they were similar enough that it it doesn't like the the a lot of the 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 four categories were pretty similar like sensation like sense is pretty pretty close film that's perceptions pretty close yeah um thoughts and emotions tend to be less but like for me emotions was probably higher um and for me thoughts is always higher than most people like because that's all i do is introspect so yeah but we probably have like generally pretty similar experiences whereas games like totally (laughs) um because one of the things they do is they remove some of the barriers to experiencing a moment. So as an example, when this whole Spider-Man, the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game came out, yeah. one of the things all the reviewers said is like, you feel like Spider-Man, right? Which and is weird was, given that you're just pressing buttons on a controller. So what does that mean? It's not a one-to-one comparison, but they're yeah. describing, they're talking about this sensation combined with the emotion of, like the emotional and the sensation psychic gaps are really small for those players where they go, this is what I imagine it feels like to be Spider-Man. So they were reduced enough that they say, oh, I felt like Spider-Man. What they meant was I felt the same emotions that I think Spider-Man would feel. And I felt as I was playing it, that I was experiencing the same sensations that he, yeah. that he might feel. And it's not one-to-one, but that psychic gap is reduced enough that you're comfortable saying, I feel that thing. I feel this way. Yeah. And I feel like Spider-Man. Whereas Odyssey does this weird thing where it tries to reduce the player's psychic distance just by perception and sensation, by kind of like <sighs> they want they want to create the sense of going on this great odyssey, and that's like a lot to do with like scale. I remember like AC four, yeah. like it felt like a big fucking ocean because it was yeah. it was a fucking giant ocean. There's lots of empty space, but Odyssey has the problem of like the Grecian islands are like kind of close together, <laughs> so they have to make the scale by making you slower and like by making things less quick, and like the way that they do it is the other direction, and it has this weird effect of like. 
instead of feeling like you did an AC4, which is like the swashbuckling pirate carving your fortunes across the yeah. the seas, which fuck, I just want to play AC4, man. <laughs> uh, whereas this game wanted you to feel like you're on this harrowing journey to like seek out the truth about your family. The problem is, it feels like you're on a harrowing journey to seek about the truth about your family. That's not necessarily always fun. Right, right yeah. like that's not always a fun thing to be doing in a video game when you boot it up after a long day at work, and you're like, "Time to see what my good friend Cassandra's doing and murder some fools," and the, you spend half an hour in your ship, getting nowhere, fighting off ships, and by the time you get to the location you're going, the thing that you get is like a really sad cutscene where something <laughs> bad happens. You're like, "Oh, I kind of oh, wish yeah. I didn't do this." <laughs> yeah, like it's cool, but I just it's like, did they not like I don't know that that in reducing that psychic distance they kind of reduce it a bit too much. Is that something, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, other examples with that. I mean, Dark Souls is, like, a great example of the sensation issue where, like, you get so fucking frustrated with Dark Souls because if the player was real, they'd be frustrated. Well, Dark Souls is, is weird because it's, like, your, your, your player character, like, you know, you talk about the psychic distance between, you know, sort of what, you know, and sort of like an AC, mm-hmm. AC game. They're trying, to, they're trying to get you as close to the player character as possible in terms of the the emotions that you're feeling whereas with dark souls it's like you you, you're not feeling the same things that you're feeling yeah yeah like they're just a they're just a body you know they don't have that character doesn't show any emotion so you're you're getting close to just this idea of what the game is trying to do which is just kind of piss you off kind of make you angry yeah whereas you know you can kind of look at games like games either go one of two ways like they you know they either go that direction of like we're going to actually you know we're going to give you a character to associate with yeah <laughs> or we're not you know it's it's one or the other and it's you know when you have you know like ac2 so you know you got Ezio. it's like Ezio is a pretty wild character like not many people would be You're able to really to associate with yeah like yeah. it's pretty hard to associate with a sort of i mean like I know, i've met some people who have sort of like if you're a nationalistic womanizer you probably feel right at home with Ezio. yeah like i've met some people who have like sort of you know they really liked Ezio and they're like oh you know i totally see myself as an Ezio and it's like those are that i can tell you now that those people are not good people it's <laughs> not a good thing to be yeah so it's it's a weird thing where like i feel like most people probably didn't associate with Ezio, but they've they enjoyed the romp you know it's right it's like enjoying the character whereas if you're it's like the opposite of origins where but bayek which we talked about during an episode but like he's such a heartfelt like yeah. father character that he's can, a kind dude and yeah. you go like, i wish i, I was uh, yeah it's like i wish i yeah, was him because he's such a nice dude and then and then you know look at like uh like the walking dead yeah with like season one not the others with like Lee, and it's like you really yeah. fucking feel it. Like you want to be it just, as good as Lee. Well, it's it's the kind of thing where it's like you don't want to be Lee because there's nothing particularly like desire, like I'm not desirable, but like he doesn't, you know, he's not. But you, you, I'm like digging a hole. I don't really no, know how to explain you, this. What, what you mean is like, but you feel for him. You understand that it's like, oh, he's just a dude in this really rough situation, and I hope that one day I could be as yes. like, uh. Well, because like selfless is because every day I am just a dude in in situations. Yeah, that is who I also am. Just I happen to not be in a Walking Dead situation. Yeah, and it's like Lee is able to really like redeem himself, and you're like, oh, that's like it's yeah, catharsis. It's, yeah, catharsis. Exa- catharsis. You catharsis. You Thank you. I nailed to, it the first time. You meant to time. say it's cathartic, but instead it's you ca- said it's catharsis, <laughs> and then your oh, brain went something was wrong. Something was wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, that's 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 absolutely. Whereas the, with this, the issue. it's like you you can't really associate much with 
the main character because they're a fucking god essentially yeah, but it, then they throw all this harrowing shit you're like i don't want to be them it kind of because it, it's like they're they're awesome and super powerful but, but then they just sucks. their life sucks yeah it's kind of that problem of like <laughs> yeah. it's like the tony stark thing where it's like Tony Stark is sometimes really hard to associate with. Oh yeah, Iron Man 1, with. everyone wants to be Tony Stark. I am like... By Iron Man v- 3, you're like... Like Civil God. War, everyone's like, I don't want to be Tony Stark what a, anymore. <laughs> what a fucking... What a terrible like, life you to just kind of hate him. You, look, you yeah. don't hate him, but you're like, I don't really don't actually want to be, be him, him anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that for me is like why... Maybe it's You want to a- be Captain America, because he's like the new Tony Stark. He's where it's just like Where he's just like, he's put through and he's, you know, he's a good yeah. guy. Exactly. Whereas I think that, you know, maybe, maybe now that you've said that... Maybe for me, it's like an observer bias where I liked Origins character so much that when I when I play this, it feels dark because like Origins is so I was we were talking about this. Uh, I was talking about this with you during the post show last week about Doctor Who, where Moffat's Doctor Who was dark because it's like dark on purpose, whereas the first episode of the most recent uh, season of Doctor Who with Jodie Whittaker is grim. Doesn't make it dark. I feel like. Assassin's Creed Origins was grim because grit like dark things happen to Bayek, but it's got a tone that's very endearing. Whereas this game feels much darker, but like lacks the undercurrent of like like because it because it's trying to be dark and like harrowing. It just it, it lacks the authenticity that you need for that to work. But like Bayek was happy and kind in spite of the terrible things that happened to him. But Cassandra is a bit shitty and a bit quippy because of the terrible things that happened to her. Yeah. It doesn't quite have that same like like. A pathos where you're like i could see myself as a cassandra because a lot of times when she quips i'm like i would be so intimidated right now i don't know what the fuck she's doing whereas when bayek does it you're like he's trying to be positive and then and then they they add the the whole like romance aspect which i haven't really it hasn't i, with the game I saw much. an article that just said the top the 10 best romances that you can get in ac odyssey and i just i was just like no nah, video games are a mistake like that's so fucking. It's dumb. not like a Dragon Age thing where like you and I like and I like in the game. I didn't I didn't look at the article because I like I don't like supporting that kind of journalism. But like I guarantee like ninety percent of them would have just been like gay relationships if you played as the female. Yeah, because that's a really big problem Pandery that we boy. fucking have. Yeah, where it's just like oh you know you can be a female and everyone's like cool. Well, and some people are like oh fucking women in my video games. And then it's just like you can romance people, you can be hell gay, and everyone's like, "Yeah, hell What's yeah!" And you're like, "Like, yeah. is there a reason that people it, are celebrating this?" The, I the, think there is a reason. <laughs> the, the, it reminds me, so you know how like in The Witcher Three, you can romance the different sorceresses, and it changes the way the story plays out. Yeah, romance, romance, and this is just like incidental. It's more like, um, yeah, well, like you, you really got it. Like it, with The Witcher fucking- Three, it's like. You know, the the big meme of, like, if you meet someone who plays The Witcher 3, it's just like, which girl did you pick? Which is, like, a bit of a, like, on one hand, it's like, eh, but the other hand, it's like, okay, whatever, it's not, like... It's part of the story. Yeah, it's part of the story. Like, it is an aspect where, you know, it it comes a point where you actually actively choose. Yeah. Um, Or you can choose to actively choose. You can just avoid it. you can choose neither. Yeah. Um, But in this game, it's, like, because it's it's a side thing, you don't have to do it. Feels very But because it's everywhere, there's, like, so much of it, it's just kind of weird you can just be a bit rapey well, the, the weird thing is it doesn't really come up until like the, the weirdest thing about the romance <laughs> doesn't really come up until like 15 hours in so like there's a they kind of they're kind of like trying to be like all right we're gonna, we're gonna actually develop this character you gotta before get, you become a sex pest you gotta get used to this character before you work out like who they're gonna like it is very like um to in in their defense well not in their defense i don't know but like <laughs> one of the things they do well with it is it never feels out of character I, i've only played the female character um, but it never feels out of character when she is flirting with someone. She doesn't just, like, immediately become a nice person. There's not just, like, a button where it's just, like, 
turn on the sex machine. Yeah, she just is herself, yeah. but also it's a bit flirty. Like, it's yeah. not like she totally changes her personality. It's like, and now I'm into romance. It's like, no, she's just a bit of a dick. Start the romance minigame. Yeah. Let's go. She's just still a bit of a dick, but it's a bit more flirtatious. And that for yeah. me, I'm like, I'm like, it's kind of like when Geralt's flirting, where you're like, okay, yeah, because he's like this always. Or he's just gruff and unpleasant. <laughs> he's also just an old man. He's just a bit charming. <laughs> um, before we wrap up and get to the recommendations for this week, I did want to just touch on this idea that, like... We talk a lot of we talk well, we talk a lot about Zelda and games like that as examples of, of like when you can kind of bury systems within like the way that a world already functions. Right. So like yeah, when yeah. you're playing Zelda, like doing like the elements and stuff like that. Um it's like system systems heavy games that aren't um like UI or menu heavy or like process heavy. Yeah, they're like systems heavy, but they're not dwarf fortress. Yes. And yeah. we discussed well, they're not the Sims. We discussed this during one of our post shows about Red Dead 2. Yeah. Don't know which week it might have been the last <laughs> it was last week's <laughs> Um, we'll probably talk about that a lot more in the coming months in our post shows yep. because like it's the coming game's out. coming out yep. and it's what we're going to be doing for a while um, I just wanted to make a note that uh, someone did send me a really interesting email about that which I will read uh, either during the post show this week or next week I wanted to kind of wait for the game to come out but they had some some really interesting thoughts on it so I just wanted to note that if you're listening to this but you're not a Patreon person who sent me that email <laughs> we will get to it I promise um, but if you got to gonna... email you the clip I'm saying that now so you can hear it not gonna happen Ben's throwing me under the bus in that okay one. never mind uh, <laughs> but if you got any recommendations what have you been watching and listening uh, to and playing I've been binging the new Muse music Ooh. So Hello. they've been releasing singles on their new album. Don't know what it's called. Haven't followed that far. Uh, <laughs> but they've got like five songs out. They're Benjamin, all really I did the minimum good. research hill. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're all very good. It's mm-hmm. just classic Muse. Well, it's, yeah, it is classic Muse. They're, they're presenting it as kind of like this synthwave 80s kind of aesthetic. But like, no, it's just classic Muse. Mm-hmm. Um, their music videos are quite entertaining. Terry Crews is in one of them. Can recommend watching that one. I think that's- uh, Sounds fun. That's- pressure i think it's just called pressure by muse nice it's got terry cruz in it hey i'll watch anything with him in it to be honest i've been watching very uh, buff speaking of terry cruz weirdly i've been watching the uh, the season five of brooklyn 99 just came out on netflix i've been i've been so lazy with brooklyn 99 recently dude it's good yeah i've i'm i was up to date like a year ago (laughs) i chewed through it in like two days yeah i I think i'm like halfway through season four or something yeah uh other than that i've been playing ac odyssey obviously um and gear i've been rewatching daredevil season two because season three comes out in like a few days uh oh maybe it's today oh shit might come out tonight i mean tomorrow i'm gonna be playing dark souls on the switch because that comes out so i'm gonna get angry while i poop well (laughs) unlike usual (laughs) i like the usual poops yeah Uh, pretty mellow poops usually (laughs) i get some real salty salty, going on salty shits involved um yeah that's kind of all i've been doing like uh the only thing I've i've been checking out is um, there's a, it's really interesting, like, so I, I read a lot of Waypoint, which is like a, they're like, kind of, they're like Polygon, but not bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's one the, way to put it. <laughs> they put up a bunch of really interesting articles this week in the lead up to like Red Dead 2 and stuff. I highly recommend checking them out. Not about the game, but about like culture and stuff yeah. around it. It's really interesting. Um, but as always, where, where can people find us? Uh, Facebook. At DCMWork Social. YouTube? I've yeah. YouTube.com slash DCMworks. Twitter. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm doing this correctly. At DCM underscore works. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash DCMworks. If you want to see this show live or see our post show, uh, the only way to do that is either to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and then watch this show live every week where we take a five minute break and we come back and we do the post show. The only way to watch this live is to 
Watch it live. Watch it live, baby. <laughs> or we post the uh, we post the video afterwards to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, our tier starts at $3 a month. You can subscribe for $3 a month to get access to a bunch of back content. Uh, there's all kinds of interesting stuff up there. Uh, we've got stuff like a weird spooky audiobook that's a uh, new episode just came out of that. We've got all kinds of stuff in the works. Uh, uh, I think it's over 50 hours of extra content. Uh, and then also each week you get the post show that you can watch at your leisure. Um, and a bit of behind the scenes, you get to vote on the book club that we do and all kinds of stuff like that. So make sure if you wanted to catch all that, you can go to patreon.com slash DCMworks. Uh, you also get an exclusive discount code for my book, May Not Trig. If you want to buy that, maynotrig.com. It's here in the shot. I looked at the wrong camera. Maynotrig.com. Buy the book. Thank you. It's a good one. It's a I've good started one. reading it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's better than I ever could have done by myself. Thank God I paid an editor. <laughs> so make sure you check that out. It's a steampunk, full-out kind of Firefly vibe to it, but it's a character-driven story that I'm really proud of. It's for and, the people that grew up reading Harry Potter. And looking for a new world to explore, man. <laughs> but I gotcha. Uh, but if people just wanted to follow us individually, I'm at DCM Hate Pie. I'm at Lidural Citrus. We will see you guys next week. Unfortunately. Yeah. We're still Every stuck. week till we die. I'm not allowed to go home. It's a, we've been cursed by the show. <laughs> <laughs>